0: Well, good morning. Uh, Tim and I, and, and the other song leaders as well, when we're kind of preparing for the coming Sunday, we uh, usually exchange texts or a phone call, a conversation, talk about, well, you know, kind of where are we going? What, what's the direction that we're heading? So the, the, the song worship and the sermon can, can kind of work a little bit together. And so earlier this, I guess it was the first of last week. Uh, Tim uh, called me or texted me and said, "Hey, what are we going to be talking about?" And I said, "Well, we're going to be we're going to be talking about Genesis chapter three. We're going to be talking about you know the the fall of man and how Satan is like always trying to get us." Uh, and I was like, "Good luck finding some songs that have anything to do with that." I mean, this the idea of 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 Satan is always attacking. us. it's probably not something that we sing a whole lot about. But it is something that we should be talking about. And so, if you have your Bibles, if you would turn with me to Genesis. We're actually going to start at the end of chapter 2. Uh, we're, I'm going to read a little bit from uh, verse 5. I'm going to jump down and then, then we'll stay in when we hit chapter 3. So we'll, we'll do a little bit of jumping because uh, I, I want to give you the context of what's going on. We're going to do this more like a Bible class than a sermon. Uh, Because I have a lot of questions, and there's a lot of things that that I'm curious about that I I hope that you are as well. And so I want us to have a little bit of dialogue. And so this is not going to be one of these uh, sermons where you just kind of sit there and look at your watch and hope it ends. Um, It'll end when you get done talking. Uh, And if I don't feel like there's enough conversation, I will wait you out. So uh, I don't mind the silence. Um, I have a bunch of girls in my house. And so silence is golden. So I'll just, I'll hang on to it until somebody says something. But let's let's pick up in Genesis chapter 2, starting verse 5, it says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and care for it. Now we'll jump down to verse 16. And the Lord commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a a helper suitable for him. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. And we'll skip a few verses down to verse 21. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs... And he closed up the place with flesh then the lord god made a woman from the rib that he had taken from the man and he brought it brought her to the man okay so now we kind of have the context of what's going on uh there's a few verses that i skipped that that are not important right now but they are important overall but basically after a man is made god says we need to have a suitable helper uh, and he's going to have all the animals come through and God's going to see that there's no suitable helper for Adam. So he's then going to create create Eve from his rib. And now we're going to have chapter 3 and this is going to be the the fall of man. So listen up closely because I have a lot of questions and we'll be pausing and I'll be asking for your help and, uh, and your participation. Verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? So let's stop right here. We have the, we have the serpent. We don't know exactly what he looks like. We know he doesn't look like what he does now because later on in the curse, he's going to lose his legs and he's going to slither it on the ground we also know that he's different in the fact that he has the ability to talk to communicate right and so but but my question is this deceitful cunning snake this serpent is going to go to who eve okay so i just want to stop and talk about that for a minute why would the serpent choose to go to eve and maybe not to adam Oh, okay, that's oh, and he said Eve could fix Adam. Like like Eve Eve knew that, that whatever she said would go, that Adam would follow her. That, okay, I get that. That that might happen. Why else? Why might Satan choose to go after Eve? Maybe maybe he thought that that Eve was the weaker one. Okay. Yeah, and this is the one that I'm, I, I really think is important. And Lance pointed out is that, notice, and, and this is why I wanted to back up in chapter 2 and not start in 3. Remember, God is going to be with Adam. Adam hasn't named the animals. God has not found a suitable helper for Adam, which is Eve. So prior to Eve coming onto the scene, God's going to do what? He's going to look at Adam, he's going to point to the tree and he says, "What about this tree?" He says, "You can eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil for when you eat it you will surely die." Okay, where is Eve when when God says this? She's she's not there. Okay, so I think this is a really important important part I don't want to argue that that women are the the lesser and they're the weaker ones. What I do want to argue with is the fact, or, or what I do want to state is, that Eve was not there when God gave that command. Okay. The responsibility for her to know resides firmly on Adam. And I just want to stop right there, just for a second. Because we have somehow gone into a culture where we are allowing women to be the ones expecting the women to be the spiritual leaders of the household. And I don't think that's what God has called us to do. I think men are to step up and to be the spiritual leaders of their houses. Not because women can't do it or they shouldn't do it, but because God has called us men to be godly and to sacrifice for our wives and for our children that we are the ones that are to help with the wife as we train those little kids. And as they get older. And somewhere along the way, we decided we are going to let women take care of that role because they can do it better and we don't have to mess with it. And you walk into a Bible school hallway and you look into all the classrooms and we have all the women out there doing, doing the good work. And the men are just sitting in in a class. And I know that step's on your toes, and I know you don't like that, but I'm just saying I believe that Genesis chapter 2 and 3 remind us that men have a responsibility. Somewhere along the way, we got the idea that a man is supposed to leave the house and go make money and come back, and then everything else resides on the shoulders of, of the mother and that men don't have a responsibility to teach and lead spiritually. And so for you young ladies out there, I just want to encourage you, as you are looking for someone that you are going to partner with for the rest of your life, find a man who's not afraid to grow in his, his spirituality. Find someone who's willing to pray Find someone who is eager to study and to learn and to share the gospel. I think that's so important for us to to remember. And so we can jump on Eve and say it's all her fault because we know what's going to happen in a few minutes. But I kind of think that Adam might have dropped the ball a little bit on sharing with her. And, And we'll get to that in just a second. But let's hang out here for just a second. Because we're going to have something, a question that the serpent's going to ask. Again, notice this is not a statement. It's a question, right? And so he's very elusive in the way he does this. Listen to this. He says, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Do you catch that? Why did he phrase it in that way? yeah of of any tree wow, you can't did God say you can't eat from any tree in the garden? And so he's just just a little bit twisting the truth there but but notice this um, he knew young people and old people maybe i'm I'm kind of thinking about the young people. I just want you to be aware of this. Satan knew when and where he needed to be, and what he needed to say. Don't don't think he's a big dummy and he's clueless. He knows your weaknesses. He's tested them. He's looking for chinks in your armor. And he will come after you. And every one of us has different weaknesses that we deal with. But if he can hone in on that one, he will just tap, tap, tap away at it right and so he knows how to ask this question he knows when to do it he knows where he needs to be when he does this but listen to the response verse 2 the woman said to the serpent we may eat from we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden but god did say you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die now let's talk about what she said is there Is there anything about her statement that seems odd or different to you? Okay, she's a Pharisee. How is is she a Pharisee? Okay, did you notice that? Oh, now, here, uh uh-oh. Okay, they're on the same pew. They're married. They may need counseling after this is over. Because Lance said she added something, and then Jamie says, wait, wait, wait. Did he add it? So what do you think about this? Oh, wow. We will now have the invitation song and Lance can come forward. Okay, you think, you think, you think Satan understands that he's now going to pit these two to get, uh, against one another? Right? So listen to this. Okay, she says, you can't touch it. Right? Did God say you can't touch it? No, in Genesis two it does not say that. So all, maybe we can assume that either Adam added it or Eve added it and said, "No, no, no, we're not even." And maybe I can imagine Adam saying, "Just don't touch it. Just stay away from it." I mean, if I had a kid and I said, "You know what? Don't touch it. That's hot." Okay, but but this is a really important point. I really think, and I'm I'm not trying to go after Adam, but I feel like there wasn't a really good conversation that was had. And a couple reasons is, one, there was never the command not to touch. And two, it doesn't seem like Adam gave Eve the why. And this is where Satan is going after her. But there's, there's one more thing to add what tree was she not to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil what does she call the tree hey there that one in the middle I think it's really important that we identify that we recognize that we call out the ways that satan is going to try to tempt us and then we talk about why we shouldn't do that right when i was growing up i can remember being told a lot of different things if you can't do this and you can't do that and sometimes you just can't sometimes you just say like as a four-year-old if i'm heading towards the street and i'm about to get there my dad was going to yell out no and that would scare me to death he didn't have enough time or I did not have the ability to understand that there's a vehicle that was coming in the road and if I go out in that road, he couldn't say, well, hey, as you're running that way, I need to tell you something that's kind of important. But as we get older, parents, it's important that we have these conversations with our kids. Why should we be cautious about social media? Why is going to church important? Why should we love other people? Like these are questions that that I don't think that Eve understood. Because when she was asked about this, she says, yeah, there's a tree, it's in the middle, I'm not supposed to touch it. Well, why? Well, let's continue on. Verse 4 you will not certainly die. Is this a lie or not? Satan says, you will not certainly die. Lie or not lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. God never said, the moment that you eat it, you will die. But he did say, if you eat it, you will die. And ultimately, that's what's going to happen. But you know what? Satan is really good at twisting this. He's going to come up, he's going to kind of cheat in just a little bit, and then he's going to turn it into an all-out lie. You will not die. That's a lie. Adam and Eve are going to die as a result of what they do, but he's going to lie about that flat out, right? I just, I think it's so interesting that, that he is able to work his way in. And what he's going to do over the next few words is he's going to basically say sin isn't that bad and God isn't that good and that's what he's going to try to convince Eve of he's going to outright lie John chapter 8 talks about how he is the father of lies Uh, second Corinthians chapter 11 says he disguises himself as an angel of light. but he says you will not certainly die said the serpent to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from, from it, your own eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing what is good and evil. So let's stop for just a second. Let's just play pretend. Let's pretend for a second that Satan is right. That, that you won't die and that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened. And that you'll be like God. If Satan is right, what does that say about God? What kind of God is this if Satan is telling the truth? But, but I just want to go with this for a second. What, what kind of indictment can be made against God if the, the fruit eating from that tree doesn't do what he says it's going to do. First and foremost, what does it mean? Okay, it means that he's a liar, right, Dorothy? I didn't, I didn't hear you. Yeah. So the first thing is, if Satan, somebody is lying here, okay. God says you're gonna die Satan says you're not gonna die that means somebody is not telling the truth if Satan is telling the truth it means that God is lying so let's continue on if God is lying about this what else does it say about a God who would say you better not eat from that tree yeah that he's unfair That he's selfish, right? He's got to be a selfish God because he says, I want all the power for myself. I want to be the one who knows everything. And if you eat of this fruit, you're going to know everything. And I don't want you to do that. And so Satan is really sliding in. He's saying, hey, not only is he a liar, but he's also selfish. And if you eat of that that, that fruit from the tree, you're going to be just like him. And then it's going to talk about a God who is jealous, but not in the way that God would speak of His own self being jealous. Not jealous for us, but jealous that that we would have that power that He wants only for Himself. This is the temptation. Now listen to this, verse 6. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom... She let's stop right there. I don't want to know there's the bite hasn't been taken. Did you just hear that? What were the descriptors of this fruit? It's good and it's pleasing and it's desirable. What do you have to say about that? Thoughts on on the, the fruit being good and pleasing and desirable? It's tempting. Isn't that how we think sometimes? Isn't that how sin works? Like I'm I'm not tempted by things that are bad and gross and undesirable. Like it just I like I have no problem. No one is ever gonna say, I dare you to become a glutton by eating too much broccoli. I've never no, nobody's ever said, I dare you to eat that whole bowl of broccoli. And I'd be like, mmm, boy, oh, I'm thinking about it. But I can tell you, in all honesty, I have smoked a dozen Krispy Kreme donuts in less than 10 minutes. I mean, I have just, I mean, I have just like hammered them in. They were good, and they were pleasing, and they were desirable, right? I have just, I have just cleaned that out, and had just glaze going everywhere as I'm eating this. Oh, they're so great when they're warm, folks. If you have not picked off, I mean, you want to talk about sin? I don't. People talk about it being an apple. I honestly think it might have been a Krispy Kreme donut just hanging there, just warm and gooey, just came off the belt and it's sitting there. But I, I, I make light of this, but I just want us to be reminded that sin can look so good. It can look so good. It can be. It can seem pleasing. It can be desirable. Oh, I can I can just do it just this just this one time, just this one bite, just this one moment, just this one lie, and we find ourselves sliding into that. Again I just want us to be reminded, and and again, maybe for our our younger kids that it's just sin is, has a way of just slowly creeping in. And it doesn't seem like it's that bad at all. But sin is simply one thing. And we're going to get there in in just a moment. But we know what she does next. She she took some and she ate it. Then she gave some to Adam, her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Then both of their eyes were open and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and they made uh, coverings for themselves. That one moment, they justify. Can you imagine as she sat there and and looked at that fruit? She was able to determine that it looked pretty good. She hadn't touched it. She hadn't ate it. But she was thinking about it. This is how affairs get started, this is how addictions are born. This is how lives are ruined, is that, that moment of weakness where you start to justify, and you start to think about that one little thing. Um, I, I appreciate that thought, but I, I'm not willing to say that Eve made that decision not on her own accord. Now, I think that Satan certainly, Satan. I think we're we're taking away too much responsibility from Eve if we say that she was brainwashed. And she, she did not make that decision on her own. Now, did he trick her? Did he deceive her? Yes. Um, I, I. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to exonerate uh, or remove any of the responsibility from Adam. In fact, I kind of feel like he played a bigger role than we think, because I don't think he was real clear about telling her, you know, what this tree is and why we're not supposed to eat from it, and may have even said, just don't touch it. She might have said, hey, what's that? And he says, don't touch it. You know, don't touch it. What, why? Well, what? What is it? I, just don't touch it. But here's what we know. She, she ate of that, that tree. Now, I don't know about you, but I've thought about this a lot. And I've thought, like, that would be so simple. Like, it's really hard. It's really hard. It was hard growing up and, you know, thousands of years later with all the temptations that we had. It is a million times harder to be a teenager right now. Like I do not envy our teenagers and what they have to go through and, and all the constant, constant bombardment and the temptations that they they face, a lot of it from a screen that's coming at them that's telling them to do this and this and this and this and keep going and it's just over and over again. They're just inundated where it just almost seems like it's hard to get away from it at all, right? And so I can't, I go back and I say, you know what? I wouldn't have eaten the apple, right? Okay, Eve, you shouldn't have done it. All of us are saying you had one job, Adam. Eve, you had one. you could do all that, and you just that one thing. And so I say, you know what? I have never eaten from a tree that I wasn't supposed to eat from, right? But but let's boil it down to what what really is her sin? Is her sin is her sin eating a fruit? What's what's the sin? Whose eyes do you trust? Yeah. I want us to think about this, because all of a sudden, this is where the Garden of Eve lands, Eden lands right here today. Because while we might not say, you know what, I've, I have eaten from that, that tree, but I think all of us can say, you know what, I've, I've struggled with pride. I've struggled with desire of wanting a higher station in life. I wanted to know more. I wanted to feel better. I wanted to be higher up than I am right now. And so in that sense, we are all Adams and Eve's. And while we may want to sit here and say, Well, I wouldn't have eaten of that one fruit off of that tree. I think many of us have struggled with that. The the point of, of this series is for us to be aware that Satan just wants to destroy our lives. He is the enemy. And I know it's alluring. I know we can watch social media. I know you get those people magazines. I know you get the Sports illustration. I know you see those people and you say, man, I would love to have their life. Everything would be perfect. If I could throw a football spiral 80 yards, everything would be perfect. If I had that bank account, if I had that car, if I had that house, if I had those looks, if I had all of that, everything. And I just want you to know, Satan has tricked them and he's tricked all of us into somehow thinking that those are the people we want to be like. Because at the end of the day, those people are broken and hurting. And if you're a teenager and you say, if I could just be the next this person, everything would be great. I think you'd spend just a few hours in their shoes and you'd say, you know what, there's something missing. And here's how we're going to close out this morning. And I want us to stay in this tension a little bit longer, but I'm, I want to pull us out too. God was not done with the children that he loved when they broke his command. And he did not punish them when he sent them out of the garden. He saved them. He clothed them. He says, listen. You don't want that other tree because you don't want to be here forever. And I've prepared a place and an opportunity for you and the way you're going to get there is because my son is going to come down and he will crush that serpent that has struck struck your heel. And you're going to have salvation through him. And so my encouragement for you is keep your eyes open. Men, love your wives. Guard your hearts. Watch what you allow your eyes to see. Women, be careful of how you treat your husbands, what you say to others, and how you're faithful to your God, to your children. And to your husband. Kids, I just want to say it again to my daughters that I love, Avery and Ben and Canyon and Tegan. You guys, I love y'all so much. Guard your hearts. Don't believe the lies of Satan. He is going to try to take you places and He's going to deceive you. He's drug us all down, and only by the grace of God can we stand and say, God is our Lord and our Savior. Don't believe those lies. Trust that God is good, and He has a plan for all of us. And be willing to fight against Satan. We're about to sing a song of invitation, and I don't know what the invitation might be for you. Maybe you've got that fruit in your hand that you've been eating from. Maybe you're tired of being tempted. Maybe you have someone that you love nearby that's really struggling with that temptation. And my prayer for you is that you will be bold and courageous, and you will go and help them as they find the brokenness that they're in. However we can help, however we can pray for you, we want to encourage you to do it this morning as we stand and sing.